Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. This news break just in, just in. Breaking news, breaking news. Somebody needs to hire Captain Logan to do video game testing because he would be really good at the job. That was breaking news. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. <laughs> this is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with uh, my buddy, Captain Logan, who uh, I, I saw your post recently about this, about wanting to, wanted to work yeah. in, in. Yeah, dude. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got to be listening to this podcast that could hire you to do that. I know, right? right? I mean, we are the most popular cyberpunk podcast out there on the internet. Somebody's, which yeah. is, as far as we know, also the most popular cyberpunk podcast in the known universe. Oh yeah, so yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm willing to bet that someone that makes video games is listening to this podcast and may know about a QA position available for remote testing. Yeah, yeah. If they if they listen to this podcast, you should know. I play a lot of video games and <laughs> talk yeah. about a lot of bugs that I find in them. Yeah, just just send Captain Captain Logan uh, an email or, a, you know, a tweet. Tweet at him, yeah. at Capt underscore Logan, right? Yeah. Isn't that it? That, was, um, go that ahead. tweet was way, way more popular than I ever imagined it was going to be. I had no idea that it was going to be so much attention but well, I, I, I do have to say i think a lot of people really would love that that job as well and so oh, they're totally. like rooting for you you know um but anyway yeah. I, I didn't mean to sidetrack this from the beginning i guess i did mean to sidetrack <laughs> this from the beginning welcome to the cyberpunk lorecast uh it's always fun to have a little side commentary at the beginning but we are your source for everything cyberpunk and cyberpunk news i hope you guys enjoyed our episode last week with our special guest Jay Gray from Artalsorian, that was—it's always fun to have him on the show. Um, he's very knowledgeable about the cyberpunk universe, and uh, I definitely learned some stuff about the the tech and the advancements over time that I, I wasn't aware of. Um, he was super fun, huh, Logan? Yeah, I, I love chatting with Jay. It's, it, the the amount of stuff that he's probably forgotten more about cyberpunk than we'll ever know. And I just I, I love when he comes in and drops some knowledge on cyberpunk. And, and hopefully folks are remembering to to go in daily to 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 answer the questions, to get the uh, the, the giveaway that they're doing uh, for the cyberpunk stuff, because that was just really cool. Yeah, that that tabletop game looks so, so well done. It, the oh, the yeah. miniatures, everything. Heck, even if you only play it a little bit, just to have all that the stuff up on your shelf or something, it, it oh, all no. it all looks so cool. Um, so good. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get into the show. This this show today is uh, mostly a news show because we've got some interesting things to discuss. We we did a big look into the lore, and then now we're going to just kind of shift gears here and 
focus a little bit on the news. We've got a hot fix that came out uh, a few weeks ago. It's about a week and a half ago now because we had Jay Gray on on the show last week. We haven't been able to discuss it yet. So we're going to we're going to dive into that. And then we've got some other news articles that we'll hit at the end of the show. So um, and we've got some questions in here. Uh, Strength, welcome to the welcome to the chat. Yes. If you go check out the combat zone um, Kickstarter, just just Google Combat Zone Kickstarter. That's what they're doing. They're doing a giveaway and look up the Artelsorian Twitter account and you'll see some posts that they do every day with ways that you can enter for like the $200 level. They're giving away the $200 level of the Kickstarter, which is the equivalent of like $500 worth of stuff. Super cool. Go check it out. Go listen to our last episode. If you missed uh, Jay Gray talking about that, he talks about it uh, a little bit at the beginning of the episode. And um, and then we go dive into other lore stuff. But so for today, we're talking, we're going to kick this off with the Hotfix 1.22, which came out on April 28th. And um, it's good to see, Logan, it's good to see that they keep on putting these out every week, every week and a half or so, every two weeks or so. Um, it's it's another confirmation that like they're continuing to work on these uh, adjustments that they do still have part of the team knocking out these improvements, continuing to update the quality of the game across all the different platforms. It's it's just good news around all the way around. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of the stuff that we saw in this update actually kind of addresses certain things that happened because of uh, some of the bugs that happened as a result of the last patch, too. So it's just nice that they are recognizing that some things that they are fixing aren't still aren't technically fixed or they're causing other issues and they're keeping track of that kind of stuff and, and moving things along. This was kind of a smaller update, but some of the nicer things that we got from it is just a, a, a little bit of a GPU performance for like skin and rendering uh, for clothing and stuff. And also consoles ended up getting a, a little bit of a fix with uh, memory management for uh, the PS5 as well as some GPU optimizations and improvements for the Xbox One. So it's it's clear that they're starting to kind of play around with uh, the, the newer console update and hopefully we hopefully that's not too far uh as it looks like they're they're paying a little attention to the ps5 and the xbox uh series systems yeah yeah this this spans everything including stadia we talked about stadia previously on the show uh it's no longer possible to get soft locked in the key bindings menu if the keyboard is not available which seems like a oh crap you know like we forgot to test this without plugging a keyboard in but i guess somebody did that and had a problem so all right let's plug a keyboard in um uh, some of the other updates and i'll just go through these real quick uh quests and open world updates i don't know if any of you guys have run into these but they are now fixed so uh in the metro memorial park data term should now properly count towards the frequent flyer achievement uh fixed glitches in johnny's appearance occurring after buying the nomad car from lana um lena lana is that the way you pronounce the name i think it's lana lana I, I'm, I'm gonna go with yes i'm trying to remember how it sounds in the game but i don't but it's l-a-n-a so i'm guessing it's lana uh fix, yeah, i think it's lana fix the issue in gig until death do us do us part where it was not possible to use the elevator that's that would be a bummer uh fixed an mm. issue in apostrophe where the player could get trapped in the garage if they didn't follow the drone and, and ran into the control room instead um those are those are the ones that always get me is this idea of like sometimes you're doing a quest or something and you're like oh what's over there and you're like i know i should be following this thing but i'm just gonna go look over here and then all of a sudden you get stuck and you're like oh yeah 
Is that supposed yeah, to happen? Yeah, you're trying to. You, you're doing the you're doing the RPG thing where you're running around grabbing everything yeah. because it's what games have taught us to do. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, great! I just soft locked this quest and I can't proceed through it. I had the, the same thing happen. I can't even remember the name of the quest, but it was where you had to infiltrate this building and eventually work your way to the top of the building, and then a um, uh, an AV was supposed to come in and kind of uh, extract the person that you were you were supposed to kill in there. And for whatever reason, I must have done something. I must have killed people in the wrong order or not gotten like been stealthy enough or whatever. But the AV never came. Oh, and I, I was like, well, what the heck? Do, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like right. I, I dragged I dragged a body uh, from the from the top floor in the elevator to outside of the building and then back up to the top of the building. And it never like it never triggered for me. So I'm I'm hoping uh, as I continue through my nomad playthrough that eventually I will get to that quest again and be able to test whether or not that bug got fixed. If not, I'm probably going to pay a little more attention, grab the quest name, put, put in the other uh, report for, for it still being bugged and uh, see if I can and replicate it a couple times. So this is what I'm talking about. QA guy right there. He's already doing QA. <laughs> you should get paid for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, other uh, CD project red, uh, games uh, in The Witcher Three, which we're, we're actually going to talk about The Witcher Three a little bit later on. Um, there was a post on the Witcher Three subreddit, I think, uh, if that's if I'm remembering correctly, of a uh, a little document you can find in the game. It's like a little thing posted on the wall uh, on one of those like bulletin boards, and it's warning people not to hire Geralt because of the hidden cost of hiring him. And it says basically like, yeah, he'll follow through, he'll take out the monster, he'll. He'll, he'll do what you need him to do, but he's also basically a kleptomaniac who will steal everything from your house before he leaves, <laughs> including like your wife's wedding, wedding ring and like all of this other stuff that's like stuff oh that actually God. exists in the game. And it's so self-aware. It's such a good self-aware post because that's what we do in RPGs. We just loot everything. Uh, and sometimes yeah. even if it's, we're not supposed to because it's like marked red for stealing, we'll still just loot it. Um, because because we've been trained to do so right we've been yeah. told like you won't be able to make it through the next part of the game unless you pick everything up so that you have all the items you need so pick everything up yeah you, you know it's i was just I'm, i've been watching game of thrones with my wife i was not there during the zeitgeist but i just finished an episode where a character steals uh silver from another character in the game and the person that the that the uh, character that stole the gold or stole the silver from uh, comes up and, and calls them out on it. They're like, look, I'm, I'm just being real here. That, that person is pretty weak. They were going to lose that, that silver, no matter what. I'm just making sure that I, I take advantage of it first and, and in the best, you know, yeah. I'm going to get the benefit of it before it just gets stolen and used for something even worse than what I would use it for. And <laughs> that's exactly how I think a lot of these RPGs tend to treat, uh, treat NPCs is like these NPCs aren't going to do anything good with all these eddies. You might as well just take the eddies. I mean, right. chances are they're going to get roped into a gang and then murder people and then use the, the money to buy a weapon you're protecting people by stealing this gold <laughs> right or or to the other non-role-playing end of it eh, they're just npcs they don't really exist <laughs> right yep. they're like just, That's this, really just here for me anyway as long as i'm not going to get hunted down for it and even if i do get hunted down for it, i could probably kill everything so it doesn't matter 
Um, yeah. yeah. Or just run a couple blocks in, in, in the cops. <laughs> you know what the cops remind me of in Cyberpunk now that I think about it? In the movie Fifth Element, there was that scene where uh, Corbin Dallas is like flying through the through the street in his uh, taxi cab. And uh, this was after he had just gotten away from a bunch of cops who were trying to capture uh, Lilu Dallas, who, who was in the backseat. And he's like driving. And he's like, it's all right, because <laughs> if, if as long as we make it a mile or two, if they don't follow us, then then we're good. And and then he, he slams by a cop at a McDonald's drive through and, and the cop is like holding drinks. And he's just like, whoa. And the next scene is like a whole bunch of cops uh, descending. And he's like, maybe it was two miles. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. reminds me of the cops. Right. It's like you just got to get a couple miles away and you'll be good. Yeah. They're just like they don't even rec- recognize you as being a problem anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, let's let's move on with the rest of these. Uh, let's see. Next on the list, added a retro fix for the issue we fixed in 1.21, where Takamura could get stuck in Japan docks in Down on the Street. For players who already experienced it before the update 1.21 and continued playing until up 1.22, Takamura will now teleport to Wakako's parlor. So they, they fixed an issue that arised from a previous fix, which is, of course, nice that they did that. It's unfortunate that it needed to be fixed, but at least it's better now. It Uh, happens. It happens. It happens. Uh, The game is complex. Next, it says fixed an issue preventing the player from opening the phone in the apartment at the beginning of the new Dawn Fades quest line and then fixed an issue where the player could become unable to use weapons and consumables after interacting with a maintenance panel in Riders on the Storm. That's a total bummer. Holy crap. I can't shoot stuff now. Um, Yeah. Visual fixes, including uh, issues related to the clipping of NPCs clothes, which we've talked a little bit about that. That's nice. Clothing actually fitting the models of the characters. That's good. Uh, The AI fixed an issue where subtitles were not properly aligned in the Arabic language version. So if that's the language that you use, then now that is correctly aligned. That's good. And then, uh, like Logan said, some stability issues with memory management um gpu performance of skinned and cloth rendering was improved and then gpu and es ram uh optimizations and improvements for xbox one and then memory management improvements for playstation 5 and that's the one where where he pointed out like hey they're actually making some improvements for the new console generation which uh, kind of leads you to think that like okay maybe they're moving their development onto that like maybe that was something from the team that's gearing up to work on that which is supposed to be rolled out later this year going oh here's a quick memory management thing we we saw here's the code just implement it just put it out there because it's it's an easy fix just do it um that's my guess totally you know because that's what i was thinking yeah it, it seems like they're already working on the next gen update there's already some stuff that can be implemented into the code safely already and this was going to roll out no matter what, but because it's causing some issues with the PS5 version, like might as well just roll it out in this one if they if they're already comfortable with the code being safe. Right, right. And these teams talk to each other. The developers talk to each other. Hey, I got this thing. You guys should just go ahead and put it out here. I'll just send it to you. OK, cool. We'll implement it. Um, and then Stadia specific was the soft lock for the keyboard thing. And that's it. That's this wasn't a huge update, but obviously if your game has limited you because of some of these quest issues especially and you haven't been able to continue then this is a big deal because now you can continue that save and actually you know finish the quest line that you were working on 
I, I tell you what, Tom, I think this would be actually a really good uh, opportunity for us to capitalize on our listeners and see if if you guys run into a quest that you're bugged. Uh, I would love if you could grab the quest name and the platform that you're playing on and put it into the discord so we can kind of get like a running list of uh, like known quest bugs, like what you ran into and stuff. And I'd love to see like how, how many quests are people running into that end up uh, being bugged at this point in the game? Because it feels like with, with the list of patch notes and hotfixes that we're getting right now, it feels like we're getting to a much more stable game. And I haven't run into anything personally in a while that has uh, been really badly bugged. Just a couple things here and there. So I'd love to know, just based on, on listenership, the, the number of people that are running into bugs currently. Yeah, even if they're, I think that's a great idea. Even if they aren't related to doing a quest line, if it's things like uh, this still doesn't animate correctly, or uh, when I equip this thing, it's not doing the right damage, or you know, whatever, anything that you're noticing in the game, it would be really cool to just get kind of a list. Um, and yeah. it would also be cool to find out that you know, if if you're having a perfect. You know, if you've found that you've put another 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 hours into the game and everything's running perfect for you, that would be really cool to find out as well. So, yeah, please chime in. Let us know. Let us know how this experience has has evolved for you, because I, I think you're right. I think getting kind of a, a fingers on the pulse of things, because we all have the platforms that we play on and my computer isn't going to run the same as your computer or your console or or whatever and my save game file is going to be different from yours because you started on a different release and there was there were different updates and, and those kinds of things there's a lot of variables so it'd be really kind of cool to get a sense of that i think that's a really yeah. fun idea so yeah okay well hey why don't we talk real quickly before we get into the the two big news articles that i want to cover on the second half of the show about the uh, you sent me a twitter link logan yeah. Yeah. What is that all about? Holly about, uh, or uh, both the of those? Cred. We can talk about both of those okay. if you want. The street okay, cred so one, yeah. I think, is even more interesting. But yeah, go ahead and share those. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll start off with the uh, the little lesser bit of information. So I don't know if if anyone that's been been watching Cyberpunk uh, the the year before it actually got released, but Holly Bennett was one of the uh, kind of main people that was kind of giving the information, kind of leading the uh, Night City wires that we were getting. And it was kind of interesting. I didn't realize this, um, but it's it's surprising to find out that she's actually returning back to Twitch. So if you enjoyed the Night City wires and uh, really loved having Holly kind of dish out the, the news for us, she's going to be going back to streaming after two years of not streaming. And I'm, I'm wondering... And the reason I bring this up is, is you know, streaming and not streaming is a very personal decision. It takes a lot of uh, a lot of time to invest into streaming. Um, Tom, you can speak to this, I'm sure, way better than I can. But usually, when I stream, it takes a lot out of me because it's you're constantly on. Um, oh yeah. Compared to when you're just playing normally. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to be. Uh, especially for somebody who's introverted, like I, I tend to be more fun fundamentally introverted. Um, I enjoy getting in front of an audience and doing things. Uh, I enjoy performing and, you know, doing a podcast and hosting stuff. I enjoy talking to people, but after doing it for a few hours, I need a break, <laughs> you know, like I, I feel yeah. like, okay, I'm, I've been, this has been fun, but I'm also tired from it. Um, yeah. so it's time, it's time to take a break. And yeah, I mean, back, I don't know, six years ago, I spent, um, six months and I committed to doing 
six days a week streaming after work, after a full-time workshop in the evenings for on an average of five to six hours every night. And that was, that was a lot. That was a lot for me because I was already tired from the day from the work, but I committed to it and I put on, you know, my excited face to get in the game and try to try to be live and built a small community out of it at the time. But yeah, it's, it is a lot of work. And I think this is something that a, peop- a lot of people don't realize is that like being a good streamer, being somebody who's constantly talking for hours yeah. at a time, because the best streamers don't sit quietly and play the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we do when we're by ourselves, even if we're playing with our friends, we're not talking to them the whole time. We talk to them when we need to, right? Yep. But if you're a good streamer, you're going to be reacting to what chat is doing. You're going to be uh, monologuing your thoughts as you play through the game, all of that stuff. And it, it, it takes it out of you, you know, um, it, it really is hard work. And, and, um, and this is the other thing I think a lot of people don't think about is that it actually takes a lot more brain processing too, because not only are you playing the game, figuring out what to do in the game, reacting to things in the game, but you're also constantly aware of how you're coming across to your audience, what the audience is asking and saying, how to manage the stream, all of that stuff. You're now doing, you're multitasking for long periods of time. Um, so it, it is, it is a lot. So it is interesting to see that she is coming back to streaming. Um, I didn't know of her until she was doing the stuff with, uh, cyberpunk launch. Um, but I think that she's got this awesome voice. I would just put her up on in the background just to listen to her, like narrate stuff because she's got such a cool accent and, and she's, you know, she's very engaging. She's a very engaging speaker. I can see why she does what she does. Um, so yeah, it might be cool to check her out. I'm I'm sure she's going to have, you know, a sizable audience coming back to see what she's playing and see her thoughts on things, especially if she's playing cyberpunk or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to, and the reason why I was thinking about this is she hasn't been streaming for a couple of years. I'm imagining that a lot of that was just due to how much work she put into being the, the UK head of communications for CD project red. And now that the, press has kind of moved on from cyberpunk and the state of the game and the launch and all of the issues that we're going to be even talking about later to later in this episode. I wonder if now is kind of the safe time for her to jump on to streaming mm-hmm. and not have to deal with kind of the, the angry mobs that tend to come out when people are frustrated with uh, a game and that the game is in a state where it's kind of safe for the, the, the faces of uh, CD Projekt Red to kind of come back out and openly talk about something other than the state of the game. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something there. Um, unfortunately, women are more likely to be harassed about these kinds of things than men are. But even even men, everybody uh, can be harassed by the angry side of the Internet mob that's that's trying to uh you know emote all of their frustrations on them while they're streaming so yes i think that that is that is probably a part of it the game is in a better state there's going to be less of that so she probably feels safer doing that i hope her position hasn't been rolled back on hours or something so now she's looking for more income i hope that's not the case because but game studios do that they they scale down when they're in between projects or or whatever uh, the other side of that is, and this is another thing that I think a lot of people don't think about when you are behind the scenes with a studio uh, working on games and things, there's a lot that, you know, that you can't talk about and to be yeah. in a position where you are actively engaging with the community for hours at a time and just talking with them. It's very easy <laughs> to, to, 
to just slip up and say something that you didn't remember hadn't been revealed yet. So it's probably a lot safer of a time to be able to do this and not not have to worry about that. We uh, on the Elder Scrolls lore cast um, last, last night. We had no, no, a few nights ago, we had um, the creative director for Elder Scrolls Online, uh, Rich Lambert, join us and we got to ask him a bunch of questions and you could see the processing as he was responding to us of like, OK, what can I say and what can I say? And, he, you know, very careful and intentional about it because the messaging is very controlled. They want to make sure that certain things get released and they don't they don't leak out. And if you work for one of those companies, especially if you're the creative director or the head of you know marketing and PR or whatever, you don't want to be the guy or girl who accidentally lets something slip because you're never going to live it down. <laughs> you know, everyone's going to be like, Oh my God, I can't believe oh, yeah. you said that. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's kind of a little dangerous, but I guess we'll yeah. see. I, I've seen it with, I've seen it with other companies. Uh, even rare had a, had a problem where one of the devs accidentally let slip a future feature that, that they weren't supposed to talk about and they didn't realize it. Mm. And then they realized it like on stream when it was happening and it was like, Oh, that that's, it's cool that that's happening. This is the, this is such a bad this way to uncomfortable. To yeah. Yeah. Cause then they realized they're like, Oh man, that's a six months ban, six month uh, ban from being able to, to do the weekly streams. Like they're going to have to, <laughs> they're not going to get to come back on the weekly stream for another six months. And it was like, that I feel for them. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was a fun moment for the community. We, it was really <laughs> cool that, that we found that out. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping with Holly coming back, uh, it's, it's going to be welcome to community members that, that folks are going to be nice and come say hi and be and you know, not try and try and dig up any, any, uh, you know, open any old wounds, uh, with the launch of cyberpunk and the night city wires and stuff. Cause I'm hoping yeah. that we'll be getting more of those as we get closer and closer to DLC drops and, uh, updates for the next gen consoles and stuff. Yeah. And if you're checking out our stream, be nice. Like, even if you are right. frustrated with the company, it's not her fault. Like, yeah, don't take it out on the wrong people. It's like yelling at the, the, you know, the, the waiter when your food comes out and it was like undercooked, like the waiter didn't cook your food. Don't yell at the waiter. Yeah. Tell them the problem. Have them fix the problem. But don't you don't have to emote. You don't have to vomit your emotions all over the person who's not responsible for it. So they're, yeah. they're actually the one who is responsible for making it better. So you treat them well. Um, but anyway, yeah. lessons in life. So, so what's the other what's the other post? What's the other thing about? So the other thing that we got too. this was another tweet that just recently came out on uh, the May 5th. And this was a, this was an interesting one. And I and I shared it because I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But uh, CD Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter put out a new number of players who've reached the maximum street cred level. And they came up with a new hashtag, uh, Cyberpunk in numbers. So I think that their social media team is looking to try and dig up some analytics to share about the game now that we're you know a little ways from launch you know we're basically six months from launch so the the number that we got was 23.5 percent of players have maxed out their street cred level and i was i was kind of surprised that honestly it's it's such a weird situation that that people buy games and then don't play them to completion because it, it seemed like reaching max cred on cyberpunk was something that you could easily do if you played through all of the missions and side missions um i was max cred for quite a while uh before i even finished up the game and to see that 23 percent, which to me still is a, a pretty high number you know uh i think 
it was recently put out that Miles Morales only has a 50% completion rate for the game, and that's a single player game as well, even a shorter story, uh, that 23.5% of players have maxed out street cred. And uh, I, I was I was happy, but kind of surprised at the same time. So, Tom, do you, yeah. do you think that that's a pretty decent number or are you surprised at it being low? I think they're sharing it because it's high. I, I think that mm. that number is actually high for them. I think if you look at, uh, across the board, the average is, is significantly lower than that percentage um, of, you know, when it comes to something like completion of games or, uh, you know, doing the achievement that basically is, is similar to something like that, that really shows that they've played through the majority of the content. Um, yeah, that number is actually high. A lot of people will buy games and play them for a certain amount of time and then move on. Um, yeah, especially when it comes to single player games, they don't. And this is one of their justifications for keeping the story shorter than The Witcher 3's story was that a lot of people didn't finish the story. And the story is amazing, but it takes a long time. It takes a long, long time to get through it. And I, I when I played The Witcher 3 and, and I have a habit of doing this, I will play a game and I will play it on and off for a few weeks after it comes out, especially single player games, and then I'll put it down. And I won't have finished the main quest line yet. I'll have done side quests. I've done a lot of the main quest line, but I'll get about 80% of the way through the game. And then about a year later, I'll be like, oh yeah, I should go back and finish that game. And I'll pick it up and I'll spend like two nights playing it and I'll finish the main quest. <laughs> and I will get that close. And I do this again and again and again. I will get this close to finishing the game. And then I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to play that other shiny new game that came out. And then I'm playing the next shiny new game or I'm going back to some other old game. And then it takes me a while to come back around and play the rest of the game again. Um, there are people who buy a game and milk it for all it's worth. But I think that they are this the vast minority of of the gamers out there now that doesn't mean that the people don't complete the game love the game any less they just yeah. they just are attracted to multiple other things and so they move on um and they might come back later and finish it uh, it's just it's just the nature of these things also our time is limited oftentimes you have time to play a game during a period of work or school that's less busy and then life picks up again and you have to put yeah. it down like that happens all the time. You know, uh, college college students who, you know, get spring break. And so they binge something for a week and then all of a sudden they're back and studying for finals, you know, and it's like, uh, well, I guess I'll put that on hold and I'll come back to it later when I get more time. And then life happens. So that's that's my impression of it. But I think the numbers uh, significant. I think it's actually a very good number, which is cool. It says something good for the game. Yeah. And I was I was looking at this and in the tweet says 23.5% uh, of players have reached the maximum street cred level. Rogue, who is the kind of leader of uh, the afterlife, will not have to expand the afterlife. So I wanted to toss out the, the yeah. prospect to you uh, with DLC coming for the game. Do you think that DLC will kick off with fixers needing jobs done in the afterlife? And that's part of the reason why Rogue will have to expand the afterlife. Or is CDPR just being cheeky with their with their communications? This is very vague. It could be mm -hmm. either. It could be just a simple follow up comment about like, oh, because of this, Rogue will have to expand the afterlife because there's so many people who are going to be in there or this could be a slight nod, like one of those like little itty bitty foreshadows and hints about future content. It could be either. It could be both. Um, I don't know. Like when when you sent me this, because I didn't notice it show up on my feed, I that my first thought was they're hinting at something. 
but they may not be like we don't know but think back to the episode where we talked about the the titles that were data mined for the different things like this could be one of those yeah yeah that's that's kind of where i was thinking about like when when they made that comment in the tweet i actually sat down and thought like what how are they going to feed us new dlc like how are they going to get people to the place to to talk to someone uh about where the new content is and after thinking about it it was like well of course the afterlife is going to be the best place it's the one place where all mm -hmm. you know uh solos or or um net runners you know if you are a mercenary in night city you're going to go to the afterlife because that's just the hangout that's where jobs come it's the hub so it makes sense like it's the cool hub not? of the game yeah 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 so i was thinking i was like well if rogue if rogue needs to expand the afterlife well i mean that may just be an expression to talk about like you know making sure there's room for all the new uh you know 23 percent max cred uh players out there but i also i also think that would be a great opportunity for them to put the the quest hubs for the new dlc to to show up yeah i i agree i, th I think both would work so i guess we're just gonna have yeah. to wait and see because that would be cool yeah i'd be down with that so those are kind of the main stories of or, or the smaller stories, but we actually we got some pretty big stories that kind of showed up that more kind of tie into the DLC uh, or possibly what would be good DLC in the future. But I'll, mm. I'll let you kind of tackle that if you want. Yeah. There, so just to hint at it before we go to the middle of the show, uh, Game Rant did an article talking about Jackie Wells. And we're going to we're going to mm. comment on that. And then there was a, there's a there's been some things mixing up at CD Projekt Red, uh, including stuff having to do with um, one of the uh, team leads on The Witcher 3. So we're going to talk about that as well. But why don't we go talk to our patrons before we dive into that content? Patrons, we're here because of you guys. Like, let's be honest. Like, you guys are awesome. You help support the show. You allow us to do the show every week. You allow me to make this a full-time thing. Uh, not only this show, but the other shows that I do. Every one of you is absolutely wonderful. We have 21 patrons right now. And let's see, I'm, I'm just going to do a quick little count here because we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of you who are cyber upgraded patrons who can potentially join us on the next episode, the next patron episode at the end of the month, which is awesome. That's a huge number. You guys are amazing. And then the rest of you are our uh, tier one pay what you want supporters. And a lot of you are paying the $3 base amount, but some of you are paying more than that just because you like the show. And and that's as, as low as it gets, just three bucks a month. That's less than a dollar an episode. And you can help support the show. And you also get episodes early and no ads and all sorts of wonderful stuff. And so thank you to all 21 of you. Um, it, you guys are amazing. Thank you so, so much. I would love to be able to hit 25 by the end of the month. So if you want to check that out, then go to patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and see if the rewards are something you'd be interested in and um i'd love i'd love to fill this up i'd love to have a whole bunch of us on the next patron episode uh chatting about what we think the dlc is going to be or or maybe there's going to be some fun new news coming or that gets leaked before e3 or something like that man there's there's some cool stuff that might might be coming this summer so um thank you again to all our patrons you guys are wonderful hey i'm tom and i'm Stuart. 
And we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. So, Logan, let's talk about Jackie. Let's talk about our good buddy, Jackie Wells. There's an article by Game Rant, and uh, I, I found this uh, just today, actually, and I thought this was interesting. So it says here, um, how Cyberpunk 2077 DLC could redeem the game's treatment of Jackie Wells. And the subtitle says Jackie Wells was basically every piece of uh, was basically, I would say, in every piece of Cyberpunk 2077's marketing. So it's a shame he didn't get the character arc he deserved. And we've talked about Jack. We did an episode about Jackie. We've talked about Jackie's mom. We've talked about him as a friend and a companion, him as kind of a foil. Like we've talked about a lot of aspects of him And this article. Um, I won't read you guys the whole article. It's it's fairly long. But the, the point here is that we lose him so early in the story. And he's such a good character. And you and I are not alone in feeling this and in, in our listeners like this is getting posted to sites like Game Rant. And the solution, according to them, is put him in a DLC like we talked about. Let's get more Jackie in a DLC like wouldn't it have been wonderful if he could have made it through the game with us? And and I get that, like, in, from a story perspective, he's part of the motivation for your vendetta against um, uh, Arasaka and, and your motivation to, like, make things different or better because of, you know, he died in order to keep you alive. And, like, I, I get that there's there's this, like, core emotional component that's needed there. Like, how many how many stories start out with, like, the person is the way they are because a loved one was killed, you know, like that's yeah. motivation for so many things. Um, let, I, I, won't, I won't give spoilers for uh, recent Marvel stuff, but like th- that becomes motivation for so many different character arcs. So I get it. I get that. That's that's kind of a go to thing. What do you think? What do you think? I, I was reading through this. It was really interesting to see their perspective of who Jackie is and like how because i mean i i going into it i did assume that jackie was going to be a bigger part of the game and when we got to the conclusion of the epilogue it seemed clear to me it was like okay well this is the reason why jackie was put into the game the way that he was he is he is kind of the catalyst for everything that's going on so i was kind of okay that he was used in this way because i understood the the purpose of him um would I have liked to have more of him in the game? Totally. I would have loved to have had as much Jackie as I could get. He's such an interesting character. He's such a bright light in this dark city and to not have him uh, in the game for the, for the entirety is kind of a, a bummer. But at the same time, the design of it is so that you grow into yourself. You grow into the person that Jackie wanted to be uh, and wanted you to be as well, too. So it it only makes sense why his story ended the way he did. The article, the reason why I thought it was so interesting uh, reading through it is it talks about how 
in the in the game you they were wanting you to play through uh jackie's life the same way that you do in certain situations with um with johnny and i was thinking like well that that's kind of what we talked about we we actually dove into this and said that you know a great dlc would be if you could actually go through and play as jackie getting up to the point where you actually meet as v yeah. as like a, a a new new game plus kind of mode and to see that this is you know that our idea of you know we we had that idea way beforehand so i'm crediting us <laughs> as having this we, you know we came times, up with it you know how many times i've done an episode on any of my podcasts and then read an article later or saw a post on Reddit that was echoing some concept that we already talked about on the show, whether it was me or the co-host <laughs> or a guest on our show, but like something that I feel like was like novel and new and it was the first time I'd heard it and we talked about it. And then like six months go by and I see somebody post something on Reddit like, wouldn't it be nice if this and I'm like, did you come up Did like it was it like the invention of the car where like multiple people in different countries all invented the same thing at the same time because it just made sense or did you get that idea from us and now you're just posting about it or did you even not remember that you got that idea from us but it's been like stewing in your subconscious and then you just throw it out into the world like yeah which is it i know yeah. you never know but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of fun to get your own thoughts you know vindicated when you see people reflect them other places i think that's yeah i think that's the key there i i totally take take credit for for us coming up with the idea of it but it, it's just nice to know that that other people feel the same sentiment to the point where they're writing articles on it and yeah if anything it just kind of shows that there there's a love of jackie and that he's he's someone that we wanted to spend more time with and in losing him as early as we did was a total bummer but necessary for the sake of the game and as much as i want there to be more of uh more of him in the future i don't know that um i would feel comfortable with him coming back in any form unless we actually did like something where we came and played through him as himself like in an earlier time before we actually get with v in in the later right half of the game i have the perfect way of melding that into the stuff that we've already done you go yeah. through you go through jackie's life and uh -huh. you, you go through like him and the gang him dealing with his brothers passing away his uh, his mom uh mm. his, him falling in love with uh what's her face um misty, misty. and then you get like all the way up to the, some sort of big final conflict and he like achieves something in order to then connect with V and you see the moment from the game you already played, which the game has remembered and the moment, depending on which life path you picked the first time you interact with Jackie, but from Jackie's perspective and you look at V yeah. and V is exactly the character you designed in the same clothes that you were wearing at that moment. And yeah, then it's like, that would be great. oh, hey, I'm Jackie or whatever, you know, whichever, you know, like, hey, V, whatever. You know, like, and then it echoes that and then it fades to black because we know the yeah. rest of the story, you know, like that would be amazing. Yeah. God, that would be so, awful, says Crystal in chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, Your V looks terrible. Of course it does. Crystal, Crystal designs fair. the most beautifully terrible looking um, <laughs> characters in well, games. Yeah. So, so I guess I, I when it comes to this article, um, the big question that I have is as much as I love Jackie, do you want story that rehashes past stories or do you want fresh content for the game 
when it comes to DLC? Uh, I think both are both are fine as long as they're well done. Um, mm. Seeing the world through his eyes and the things that he's that we already know little bits about um, get expanded on is interesting because we already have an in to that world and that story. We already have a reason to care. Um, yeah. And we have questions, you know, like what were his siblings like? What was his relationship with his mom really like? You know, did he just love her, love her, love her? But every time they hung out, they argued, you know, like, like what, what was that like? Uh, how, in, how did he and Misty really fall in love or, or meet each other or, you know, whatever. Like there's a lot of these things that could be fleshed out more. Um, but it's also cool to see other stuff. Um, and, and we don't have a sense yet of exactly how they're going to do the DLC. Are they going to take a character from the game and expand on it? Are they going to do, is it all going to be more future from the point at which we end the game so that we get some sort of canon ending and then we find out what happens afterwards? Or are we going to get something that's completely different and tangential and has nothing to do with stories and the quests and the characters and is completely other people, but in the same setting or a different setting? Like, we don't know. It could be any of those Mm -hmm. things. And it could be multiple of those things. Or like Crystal yeah. says in chat, it could be just Ozob DLC. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm probably, yeah, I'm, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and, and say that if we do get DLC, I don't want more content from Jackie. I want to see new characters fleshed out with new relationships and expanded options in different territories. Mm-hmm. I feel like the story that we got with Jackie was uh, full enough for me to be content with the fact that if I don't ever get anything new with Jackie, then at least what I did get was some of the best content in the game. And if I did want them to do something on the same level as a Jackie story, I would want that to be with a new character that really just like kills it as far as, as like what's come into the game. Something mm-hmm. that really says like, hey, if you like Jackie, Jackie was an awesome character. His story was great. We've got another one of those coming down the line. And we think that you're going to absolutely love this character the same way that you loved the story with Jackie. Yeah, I think that sounds good. My other option would be um, a DLC titled Dum Dums Crazy Fun Time and Dating Simulator. <laughs> where it should just be its own game right or, or dum-dum's crazy rampage and dating simulator where you go between like just maelstrom rampages where they're just like killing other gangs and then all of a sudden you're going like on dates with dum-dum i think it would be great if we got a bullet hell shooter game that was just you and <laughs> dum-dum going through night city but then like the way that you upgraded your your tech was uh having a relationship builder with dum-dum and the better your relationship the better your weapons got because he would get you different stuff and get you more upgrades and whatnot and then like you would go in and you you know make it a road make it a roguelike you know bullet shooter with dum-dum yeah a a driving sim a driving sim where dum-dum mans the guns and you drive the maelstrom vehicle and as your relationship improves the vehicle gets upgrades and the guns get upgrades and you have to like you have to navigate it through the streets of night city while he's blowing everything up around you and you're dodging other cars and bullets and missiles and whatever yeah uh, congratulations we just created the next twisted metal yes That's what twisted that metal cyberpunk edition <laughs> oh my god this is That'd this is great. like peanut butter and jelly. We didn't even know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get on to the uh, the big article from this week. 
So I'm, there's several places reporting on this. I'm pulling up the rock, paper, shotgun article on it. And the title is The Witcher 3 director has left CD Projekt Red amid workplace bullying allegations. Uh, subtitle, he apologized for all the bad blood I have caused. And that's in quotes. So this is, do you want to take a swing at pronouncing this? Yeah. <laughs> Logan sent me a pronunciation of his name. Um, Polish names we are notoriously bad at pronouncing. I can do the first name if you want to do the last name. The oh first name is Conrad. I got that. Man, talk about opening up the robe uh, with the geisha here. You just uh, showing all of the cards as far as podcasting goes. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, Tom, uh, I'm trying to think of how it actually went because it's been a while. So I'm pretty sure it's Conrad. Uh, <laughs> I can hear it when you I can hear it. You just hit the button. I can hear it. What? It's no, coming through I your didn't. mic send. Do it. Hit it again. Tomaszkiewicz. <laughs> that's, that's great. That was my voice. That was my voice so saying that. That guy. <laughs> uh, Tomas Tomas uh, is uh, the, his last name. That Tomasz, was totally Tomaszkiewicz. Tomaszkiewicz. I sound very robotic at times. I, I didn't know if I told you that. Conrad Tomaszkiewicz. Um, so he was the director of The Witcher 3, and he has resigned from CD Projekt Red after an internal investigation into alleged workplace bullying. This originally came from the Bloomberg report about this. Uh, Tomaszkiewicz was <laughs> who was secondary <laughs> game director and head of production on Cyberpunk 2077, denies the allegations, but apologized for all the bad blood I have caused, in quotes, in an email to uh, CD Projekt Red staff. In the email, which Bloomberg says they've seen, he writes that a commission had been formed to investigate the allegations of workplace bullying and that he had been cleared. Nonetheless, a lot of people are feeling fear, stress, and discomfort when working with me, he wrote before apologizing, which is weird if bullying and negativity didn't actually happen. So I've been in well, situations like this and... Mm. yeah this is this is a, a weird situation because you even if a if an internal uh group looks at allegations and comes up negative that still doesn't change the morale of the actual studio right and right. this is one of those situations where it's clear that However, things went down with Conrad, it was to the point where not only did they have to file an internal investigation from a third party to actually investigate the allegations of bullying, but it was still so bad that when all was said and done, it was still at the point where like the board was like, hey, look, people still feel really uncomfortable with you here and it's up to you, but you're either going to have to really, you know, put out a big mea copa and change your ways or you're going to have to leave. And this is one of those things where I think it was a situation where he kind of decided to take the situation into his own hands and start looking at bettering himself as a person. But, you know, credit to uh, J Jason Schreier um, for, for writing the article over on Bloomberg first and then everyone kind of took it and, and wrote their own copy of it. But this was one of those situations where it it sucks to really see that people are letting their emotions get the best of them at the workplace. 
in a situation where working on video games should be the coolest thing that you could possibly do. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that that was not the case for CDPR uh, when they were making Cyberpunk just kind of continues to add credence to the way that the studio was treating this game was way in above their head that they were really trying to shoot for the stars they were trying to make the next gta 5 they really didn't respect how much hard work goes into making a gta 5 that rocks even rocksteady themselves uh, or not rocksteady sorry i'm thinking batman uh rockstar, rockstar yeah is like even they got pulled you know jason trier laid into them as far as like overtime Oh, yeah. For making GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, even they have issues. And for CDPR to look at that, not heed the warnings and not have people like openly communicating with how they're feeling about making this game, it, it feels like there need to be bigger lessons learned in the industry in itself that people really need to kind of like keep themselves in check and have others keep each other in check when it comes to emotions, because this is a very stressful industry. And if you aren't going to be absolutely clear about how you feel with people, then things like bullying, whether you know true or false, the sentiment is there. People aren't going to want to work their best. They're mm -hmm. not going to want to come to work and they're not going to want to do their job the way that the job should be done to make sure that the game is in the best state it can be. And you end up with a really bad build that gets pushed out because it just needs to get done. And this if is, people aren't happy at work, it's, yeah, it's just a bummer. Yeah, it is a, it is a bummer. This is a classic example of being understaffed and overworked. Yeah. This, that's what this is. This is the, there was too much push from the top. People were probably saying, we don't have enough support. We can't do this in time. We can't do this in time. And somebody in his position had to just put the hammer down and say, no, keep working. And it probably got to the point where it became personal and people had their feelings hurt and people didn't feel like they were being heard by management. But his level of management didn't necessarily have the ability to give them more of what they needed. And so friction occurs and you know, it doesn't mean that he's justified in whatever he did or didn't do. We don't know. But this is a symptom of people uh, in a, in <laughs> between a rock and a hard place. This is what happens when you're in an environment that that things turn negative because of those kinds of things. Um, the rest of the article yeah. goes and explains a little bit more about him. Uh, he worked at CD Projekt Red since 2004, beginning as a junior tester and then designer on The Witcher 1 before being lead quest designer on The Witcher 2 and game director on Witcher 3. In March, CD Projekt Red announced plans to restructure their teams, which we had talked about to support simultaneously de development of their two major series, uh, The Witcher and Cyberpunk. Um, this was part of their efforts to course correct after the buggy, disappointing launch of cyberpunk with net, which nevertheless sold 13 million copies. So all said and done, this is ultimately a good item to discuss. It's a good article because although negative bad things happened in the past, and this is the fallout from that, the fact that, he is moving on that the workplace will be changing leads to the potential for improvement. 
the team won't yeah. feel like they're necessarily underneath somebody who they don't necessarily want to be underneath, uh, regardless of if he's to blame, be, be to blame or not, or if it's just more complex than that. Um, it gives potential for somebody else to step up and be a better leader in that position. It gives it shows that the leadership above that is taking things seriously because they did a you know, they did they did look into it, even though they didn't find any fault on him. But at least they're going through the motions and there are changes being made, which yeah. is ultimately good. And if the truth comes out that it ultimately isn't his fault, then he has quite the resume somebody else will hire him you know and, and like there could be potential for him to move into another industry or another game studio or whatever and maybe things work out better in a different situation under management that or under the people that were above him that weren't putting on so much pressure in order to you know want things that were impossible to deliver um and i've mentioned this on the show before I, i've worked for i've worked for startups and i had a boss who constantly had uh expectations which were impossible it wasn't it wasn't the sense of and a lot of bosses will do this where they'll say okay where do you think we can go with this all right let's shoot for a little bit above that let's raise the bar and let's that let's let that be our goal and ultimately if we don't hit that bar at least we did everything we needed to do right like that's fine challenge your team push them to do well like that's good but constantly saying like, hey, we need like uh, we're building we're building a, a rocket that can put something in orbit, but we really need to go to the moon. <laughs> you know, it's like the rocket isn't designed to go to the moon, but we need it to go to the moon. Like you can't you can't do that. Yeah. It's like th that requires changing things from the ground up. That is a completely different scale of a project. Um, and, and I feel like that's the situation that they they were in. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's two paragraphs that I wanted to pull out of the the Bloomberg report from Schreier that says uh, um, Thomas uh, Kiewicz was expected to play a significant role in the company's next game in the Witcher series. When reached for comment, uh, confirm, he confirmed that his departure and said that uh, he was sad, a bit disappointed and resigned uh, and that a, a representative from CD Projekt declined to comment. And an email to employees, uh, apparently he said that it was his, the decision was agreed upon with the company's board, quote unquote, I'm going to give uh, I'm going to continue working on myself. He wrote changing behavior is a long and arduous process, but I'm not giving up and I hope to change. So Great. when I see that, I see Great. someone that that's that's looking to build themselves up to build themselves in a better position to handle being a director for a game studio yeah that, uh, i mean it shows for, humility for like when, when you're called out for doing something bad when you get caught as an adult in especially in a professional manner and you have to leave with your tail behind between your legs whether it's something absolutely severe or just something that's kind of yeah you got a problem with my character giving excuses is not not the way to do it saying that it's somebody else's fault is not the way to do it at that point the best thing you can do is say listen i'm sorry for what I did, I'm sorry if anybody was hurt, and I will be working to improve myself. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the only that's the only way to move out of that in a way. And people may not believe it. People who know you may not believe it, but it doesn't matter if they believe it or not. That's the only messaging you can say in that situation that is appropriate at that point. Um, and hopefully, it's true, right? Hopefully, even if it's not his fault, he's still working to be a better person because everybody should be doing that. 
We should all be yeah. working to be better people every day. Uh, this is it's interesting. We, we before in the pre-show, we talked about like uh, what we did for Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day when we recorded this. Happy Mother's Day. This is the Mother's Day Lorecast. Um, I was going to joke about that at the beginning. Uh, but this is something that like I talked with my parents about uh, this. This idea that like we can just justify our actions by like, well, I just felt like it or well, they deserved it. Like none of that is a justification. It's an explanation, but it's not a justification. Like we are not our emotions. We are the, we are the, the observer of our emotions. And it's not that emotions are bad, but we need to like be aware of them. We need to acknowledge that they're there. We need to validate those feelings as being legitimate. Like they're real. We're, we are having them, but then we need to make rational decisions in order to do the right thing. Like, that's how human beings should be moving forward that's the way we create progress and make the world better that's the way that we build friendships and trust with other humans uh and it takes humility and it takes you know being able to admit that like hey i I goofed i messed up you know and it's not easy but like that's the way forward and the the positive thing is is that regardless of what happens uh with with the with the studio someone new is going to be taking over that role and whatever issues that were going on with the game that caused it to get into its state that it was with CD uh, with cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher three, there's a good chance that someone who's better suited for that role or can look at it from a different perspective can be taking on that position and hopefully bringing a better current state of the, of whatever the Witcher four game is going to be when it comes out, hopefully that person will be able to take up the mantle and actually deliver a game that, executes on its vision better at the the launch of the game than the Mayacopas and the updates that they had to do for Witcher 3 and the Mayacopas and the updates that they have to do for Cyberpunk 2077. It'd be really great if CDPR could land a game out the gate the first time and not have to make up for all of the bad state of the game when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. I hope they're learning their lessons and, and you know, just like, I, I, you know, I'll practice what I preach to or try to as much as I can with this stuff. Like, I, I will continue to forgive what they have done and say, make it better, do better. And I will, when it, when you do something next, I hope it will be better. And if it's better then I will congratulate you and I will give you my money in order to consume the thing that is better, especially if employees are happier working there and it's a better environment and all of those things, because that's the second half of it is that as consumers, we vote with our dollar. It's not just about getting a product. It's about, um, understanding who's creating that product and continuing that that situation so if that's a better environment then they're even more likely to get my money because yeah that makes the people whose lives are you know working there better because good they're having they, they enjoy working there now it's a good environment okay great um you know it's and and i hope this doesn't sound like holier than thou type of stuff because i'm not trying that's not what i'm trying to say i'm not trying to say well i don't mess up and i'm better than us and those things but i i think that there's something to be said about the way that the video game industry generally treats employees and the way that this stuff works and for a lot a lot a lot a lot of companies it's it's very poor and it's very poor because we vote with our dollars and the only way that stuff gets better is from pressure from the consumers to make to make it better. Um, that's yeah. the way this stuff works. That's the way the system is developed. You know, like capitalism. Guess what? Capitalism. The dollars are our vote. If you like what they're doing, they're going to keep doing it. And how do they know you like what they're doing? Because you paid money for it. So 
if you don't it's, like pre-orders, then don't buy pre-orders, right? If you don't yeah. like, if you don't like something, then stop putting your money in it. It's tough to, and I do want to tackle the the flaw in in, in that sense is is with buying something the only way to really experience something fully is if you actually buy it so it's tough to say like oh well you know if you if you don't like the way nintendo's releasing their old content then stop buying their games it's like well yes but i also want to appreciate the content that i want and also be able to critically uh approach it and say like okay well this is good I paid for it. I'm supporting you doing this process, but I also want to be able to criticize it afterwards as well, too. So, mm. you know, if if you, you know, us paying for stuff is is putting our, our money down and saying, I'm OK with this, but also I'm going to let you know exactly how I feel like you you treated it at the end of the day. You know, so many people, you know, go out to dinner and they have a really nice dinner and it's a lot of money and they they weren't quite happy with the meal. And then when the waiter comes up and says, how was your meal? It's like, oh, it was great. It was great. Thanks. It's like. Maybe offer honest maybe, feedback. Maybe give them honest feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So no. In an in, in a polite in, way. Right? Yeah. In, and the, not in a like you don't trip. like I mentioned earlier, you don't yell freaking waiter about the chef undercooking the stuff and then, you know, yell make the waiter feel bad about it. That's not his fault. He didn't cook your food. But you yeah. can tell him very sincerely and directly, you know what? I've had better before. This was unfortunately not what I expected when I came here. I hope you guys do better in the future. You know? And yep. you don't have to come back, but if you do, hopefully it's better, <laughs> you know, like and that's, that's the thing is that like we as human beings are not objective about ourselves. We don't know when we mess up until somebody tells us <laughs> like we don't. So let's at least be polite about it. I don't know. I'm, I've been preaching too much. I, I'm going to get, we're going to get some sort of review where we're like, I like the cyberpunk content, but that one guy's too preachy. Like <laughs> I'm gonna, that's going to happen. Um, and then I'm going to think it's myself. Cause I'm like way, way over preaching this episode for yeah, some reason. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, you no. know, I think it just comes, it comes from a genuine place. We want, I want the world to be a better place. I want everybody to have a, a good career. I want people to like what they do for a living. And the truth of the, th the matter is, if everybody's happier and doing things that they love, then we all are like a, a rising tide rises all ships. It's not like there's a limited amount of happiness in the world. And if everyone else sucks it up, there's none left for you. That's not how it works. It's not it's not that is not competitive. Like there's enough for everybody. And the more we give, the more there is and, uh, like. Ugh. Yeah. That, this, yeah. this stuff drives me nuts but yeah we'll move on well this has been a fun a fun conversation um i would you know what as with any of this stuff i would love to hear your thoughts on this topic and the way that these things have been handled and your expectations for the future please let us know um the robots radio discord is a great place you guys are posting things there almost every day i think pretty much every day um there's conversations happening people sharing their thoughts and experiences with the game and the, the studios behind it um so come come let us know we'd love to hear your thoughts on that stuff logan do you have anything cool to share how's, how's sea of thieves going uh sea of thieves is going great we just had the switch over for one of the uh the mid-season uh events so that's out there go out go go sailing get some skeletons killed fly some emissary flags uh hit me up if you guys want to sail but i sail at weird times um i i do want to echo your comments though about the discord you know we just had uh what is it i am sprite uh, just popped in brand new to the discord server so really great to see some new some new faces come into the discord oh yeah Love every day get we get like uh, a number of people i have to i have to jump in there i try to personally welcome everybody onto our discord 
and multiple times in the day, I have to go to the welcome channel and be like, Hey, welcome. How's it going? Welcome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they came in said that they, they have some uh, helpful tips if we want them. I'm always uh, up for, for tips about the game because this game's pretty deep and there's a lot of things that I still haven't gotten a chance to explore. Uh, so I know like Kill a Tango uh, has spent a lot of time in the game as well too. So feel free to just toss in some, some hints and some tricks that you guys find in there just because if we don't necessarily ask for them, we may not know about them. And who knows, it could just be a very positive experience for folks to say like, hey, if you want to you know, learn how to, how to work around the crafting system and get some really good components for really cheap, this is a good way to do it. So feel free to drop anything that you think is interesting in the Cyberpunk Lorecast channel. Or oh, maybe yeah. find something out about, you know, like uh, the, the carry uh, uridine uh, conversation. It's been great. And I want to dive mm -hmm. into that on the podcast in the future so we can actually get some uh, some good discovery and some good conversation going up around his his history and what's considered lore. I would love to call some people out and, um, you know, whether whether you're on there or, or already or not, uh, if you share something really worth sharing on the on an episode, then we will we will credit you. We'll say, hey, somebody shared this yeah. on, on our discord. We have to call it out. So I am Sprite or whoever else, you know, please feel free. Any cool information you have. Uh, I can't guarantee we will we will share it because the topic of that week may not have anything to do with that or we might have not have time, but I will do my best, especially if it's really, really cool and interesting stuff to, to call you out. And so and it's always fun to hear yourself get called out on a on an episode. So um, so please do that. Uh, so everything else is good. Podcasts. Yeah. Everything else. Everything's going normal. If you guys want to get in touch with me, best way to do it's going to be through Cyberpunk Lorecast or Keelhaul Podcast on the uh, the Discord server. Uh, if you want to hit up, hit me up on Twitter at CAPT underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you work at a game studio and want a community manager or just a, a game tester, hit me a hit me a DM. My DMs are open. Just let me know because yeah. I earnestly want to get into the industry before I hit forty. <laughs> <laughs> right before you're so I got a year. before you're old like me oh <laughs> man i just turned i turned 42 i am the same age as the answer to life the universe and everything so yay i also have to get glasses i went to the eye doctor i've got glasses on order this is the first time i've been like i need glasses i i'm getting old friends i don't want to hear it I don't want to hear it. You can you suck it up and, and start wearing the, <laughs> the, the glasses like everyone else in the world that isn't from Florida. Isn't wait, no, Floridians don't are wait, what? <laughs> that's that's just what I assume. I never see people in Florida with glasses. They all got their sunglasses. Please get out of here. Oh, they those are those are prescription sunglasses. So yeah. Um guess. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The sun's not bright where I'm at. Um yeah, no, the sun is very bright here. I, I got the transition lenses too, because I was like, I'm not putting on and off sunglasses all day long. Uh, so. I just live in my basement. I don't know what's actually <laughs> going on outside in the world. Please. I've got opinions. Yeah. My eyes aren't that bad. They're just a little bit off. And I think it might be contributing to my headaches. So I'm kind of excited to at least, you know, be able to deal with that. So that's nice. Yeah, hopefully it helps. Hopefully it helps because man, headaches suck. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else do I have going on? Uh, we've, got, we've got all sorts of stuff going on with the with the different shows. I mentioned we had um, Rich Lambert on for the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, which was super cool. We got to talk to yeah, him about awesome. the new uh, game content coming out in just just a few weeks. It's not even a month. Um, that's been going awesome. Mass the Mass Effect Mass Lorecast coming is, out soon. is going awesome. That's coming out on uh, five days from now. 
uh four days on Can't xbox wait. it's coming out a day early the legendary yes. edition so if you are an xbox player you get it a day early oh can, can I toss out a quick thing too? Yeah. Uh, if, if you guys are looking to pick up the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, there's a punch card for Xbox players that if you go and activate it and you buy the game digitally through the Xbox store, you get 10% of that the, the cost of the game back as points that you can then use. So basically you get six free bucks off of the game just by activating the punch card. So dig into your rewards and, and find that punch card for Xbox people. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, and uh, I saw some up on one of the sites on PC, it was on sale for about 10 bucks off uh one of the Ooh. like the this the key sellers like the legit ones not the not the scalper ones um so th that's nice. around if you search it uh and and the mass effect lorecast has been doing great we've gotten some really solid downloads we've been in the top 100 along with um some of the other shows that we do and, and this show's been up in the top 100 uh before too so that's that's exciting so that show's doing well um plus you know still playing games and stream and stuff had a really fun stream uh just last night um actually earlier in the day and then last night also i uh, did two different streams for my birthday and people all came and hung out and played games and stuff it was a lot of fun so yeah come come hang out with us twitch.tv slash robots radio love to see you and play games with you if you if you play any of the games that i play um yeah, yeah. all right all right we're done talking your ear off thanks for tuning in and uh if this did get a little too preachy please forgive us but then again, I don't know, maybe maybe you don't want to. And then you're just you've already left the show. So if you did have a wonderful life, we'll see you later. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, a smart podcast for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86 host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Hey, hi. do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. 
new to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as, what could have saved it, and would you watch it again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad, or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller.